I'm financial expert and New York Times bestselling author Nicole Lappin. And I'm Magnify, the AI assistant that powers the Magnify app. And we are your money assistants. On the show, we help people overcome financial setbacks and meet their money goals. So here's what we're going to do. First, you'll hear me talk to a guest about their relationship with money and their financial dreams. And then I'll provide a personalized game plan developed by the most cutting edge financial technology. If you want us to be your financial assistants, listen to the end of the episode to hear how. Until then, this is who we'll be assisting today. Hi, my name is Morgan and I'm the producer on Money Assistant. And my money goal is I want to actually understand what I have already invested in and whether it's actually smart and strategic and performing well. Great questions. So Morgan, we're going to put your money assistant to work soon. You're quite familiar with her, Uh, (laughs) but we can't start there. We have to start with your story, and it is a great one indeed. I would love to know how money has played a role in that story, though. So let's play a little word association game. Uh, I'm going to say the word. You tell me the first word that comes to mind. Ready? I'm ready. Debt. Scary. Savings. Comfortable. Retirement. Optimistic. Investing. Aspirational. Money. Help. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh my God. Okay, I'm at at your service. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So before I can do my best to help, uh, and your money assistant can too, what are some of your early memories around money? Well, my parents got separated when I was really young, which is, I think, a for a lot of families, a financial burden. Cause you know, like my, my family was perfectly comfortable middle-class, but when your parents get divorced, all of a sudden they have, you know, to pay for two different living spaces. And so everybody's money gets kind of stretched. So it wasn't a paycheck to paycheck situation in my family by any means, but you know, it wasn't extravagant and, I definitely wasn't given allowance. I think, though, my parents did teach me how to have a healthy relationship with money. Um, I, As soon as I was old enough to legally work, I had to get a job. And so I started as a babysitter. And then I was when I was 14, I started working in restaurants. And I worked in restaurants every summer from high school to graduating college. And so I think, like, I, I do... I value money as a tool. Um, I work hard for it, so I don't let it slip through my hands too easily. But uh, I also, you know, my my parents did not know a lot about financial literacy. Um, like my mom grew up very poor and she was terrified of credit cards. Like she told me never to get a credit card because that's how you get debt. And so I always had a debit card. And then when I moved to New York after college and was trying to get an apartment, it was really hard because I didn't have a credit score (laughs) and my parents couldn't be my guarantor for an apartment because they were so expensive in the city. Um, And so it's, you know, I, I feel like I have a healthy relationship with money, but I haven't always been super proactive about making it stretch and making it work for me, the kind of savvy money moves I'm I'm learning. Can you tell me about a time where you felt like you needed a money assistant? Yes, definitely. I would say probably when I did move to New York, I had that kind of classic 
moved to New York. I, I did literally, it sounds like a trope and it kind of is, but I literally sold my lime green Ford Fiesta to move to New York. I sold it for $5,000. Okay. That was all, that was all the money that I, that I, and literally one suitcase, the whole nine yards. And I said, you know, I have this amount of, I have a $5,000 runway to find a job. And I worked at a chocolate factory in Harlem, dipping chocolate. That was my first job in New York. Yum. So a great job. It did not pay a lot. And so I won't tell you how much money I had left in my bank account when I got an actual salary job, but it was less than subway fare. So for the first couple of weeks that I had my first kind of, you know, in quotes, adult job where I had a real salary, I had to walk to the office. It was like three miles. And so I, I definitely needed a, I definitely needed a money assistant then. And I, I needed a money assistant when I started actually making money and not being so paycheck to paycheck when I started this corporate job, because I all of a sudden wasn't living paycheck to paycheck. I had excess money and I wasn't sure the smartest thing to do with it. Who is really? Uh, We're all still figuring (laughs) that out. You said that your money goal is to better understand your investments and to make more strategic investment goals. Let's talk about your investing journey so far. What was your first investment? To be honest with you, Nicole, I actually don't know uh, because the first time I ever invested technically was when I had this corporate job, I had a 401k, which I didn't know what it was. Have you ever seen that meme where it's like, I signed up for my company's 401k, but I'm nervous because I've never run that far. (laughs) (laughs) That's like how I felt. I was like, I don't know what this means. (laughs) And so I didn't, um, I didn't realize that it meant that the company was investing money for me and I just never checked the portfolio that was technically my first foray into investing. But when I started dating my now fiance, Jack, he had always been pretty savvy with investing. And so he helped me open my first brokerage account. And even then uh, I opened it with Vanguard and I funded it with money from my savings account. And there was an option to enroll in a robo advisor so that like the algorithm in Vanguard would allocate my portfolio for me. And so that's what I opted into. And so I didn't even look what it invested in at the time. So you had this 401k when you were at your corporate job and did you roll it over or what happened when you left? Yes. So I I did roll it over, meaning it was in a Fidelity account. And it was actually kind of a weird experience. And it made me really nervous because I, I know from you that, that a 401k is pre-tax money. And so I was nervous because the process is basically like Fidelity liquidated the account, sent me a check, and then I deposited it into Vanguard. And I thought somewhere along the way it was going to start counting as income. But there was like a special check that they issued for me. But it just made me nervous that something was going to go awry. But it didn't. And so I was able to roll that into an IRA in my Vanguard. And I'm excited to say that now in my Vanguard account, I have over $100,000 <gasps> in my brokerage. What? I'm a six-figure girly, which feels crazy to me. Um, but I, you know, I, I owe a lot of that to what I've learned from you. And then also I will give a little bit of credit to my fiance, Jack, for telling me to open the account in the first place. Thanks, Jack. (laughs) But mostly round of applause to you, Morgan. Like 
Jack could help you. I could help you. But ultimately, you did all this. So big round of applause for Morgan. Uh, a lot of people also lose track of their investments if they switch jobs. So that's awesome, even though it might have been like a scary moment. Where's your 401k now? Now, pretty much everything is in Vanguard. My my 401k that's now an IRA. I have just a, a brokerage account that's not technically a retirement fund in there. And then I do have a Robinhood account that I use sometimes, but mostly everything's in Vanguard. And how are you picking those investments? I, I don't really know uh, because I use the robo-advisor through Vanguard. I don't do a lot of my own stock picking. I do a little bit on Robinhood. I have like a thousand bucks in Robinhood that I have put into a couple of companies that I've heard about, but it's a, I will say it's like, I, I tend to choose those kind of more on a whim. And so it, it's mostly, I'm, I'm not doing a lot of my own stock picking. So as you well know, uh, on Money Assistant, we talk a lot about diversification uh, and a balanced portfolio. Do you think your portfolio is currently balanced and or diversified? That is definitely something that I want to talk about with you and dig into a little bit more. But I have tried in my brokerage account that's not managed by the robo-advisor to mimic the Ray Dalio all-weather portfolio, which I learned about from your book, Miss Independent. Yay. For anyone who doesn't know Ray, he is one of the big MVPs in finance. He's right up there with Warren Buffett, he runs this big hedge fund called Bridgewater Associates. He manages more than $150 billion in assets. I mean, he's such a rock star of finance. And yeah, he created what he calls this all-weather portfolio, which is a recommendation for an allocation of an investment portfolio that's crafted to weather basically and grow in four economic environments, inflation, deflation, bull markets, and bear markets. So this strategy basically recommends that you take your portfolio and invest 40% in long-term U.S. bonds, 30% in the stock market, 15% in intermediate U.S. bonds, 7.5% in gold, and 7.5% in commodities. And it's impressive because during the financial crisis, for example, this all-weather portfolio did decline a bit, but it declined way less uh, less than half, actually, as much as a typical U.S. portfolio. So it sounds like you're doing a little bit of pruning of your investment portfolio and some robo-advisor action, too. Is that right? Yes, exactly. All right. So let's take a little deeper into your portfolio. I'm going to bring on da -da -da -da, your money <laughs> assistant to help you get to know your investments a little bit better. Are you ready? I am ready. Hi, I'm your AI investing assistant powered by Magnify. And yes, I'm AI. I'm engineered to answer your biggest investing questions and help you make your money work for you. Hello, Morgan. Hi, Magnify. I understand that you want help analyzing your portfolio. Do you have the Magnify app? As a matter of fact, I do. You can link your brokerage account in the Magnify app so that I can provide your insights. Do you want to link your brokerage account? Yes, I do. You can do so on the app, but I will walk you through it. Which company is your brokerage account with? It's with Vanguard. All right. So uh, Magnify is going to ask you some security questions, Morgan, that you probably don't want the entire world to know. So we'll just pay some beautiful like elevator music over this part. So I've linked your account. How can I help? 
Going back actually to Nicole's question on diversification and whether or not my portfolio is diversified, I want to make sure I'm not exposed to anyone's stock. So am I? I can help with that. It looks like you don't have any single stock risk in your portfolio. Awesome. Yay. That's awesome. Okay, cool. That's good to know. I, I do tend to invest mostly in funds. So that kind of checks out. But just so I know like how much investment in one company would be too much exposure. I mean, typically the best practice is to not have more than 10% of your portfolio invested in any one stock. But I think that's a little high. You know, I'm an index funds and chill type of lady. Uh, so I don't put more than 1%, let's say, of my portfolio in any one individual stock. Okay. Okay. That's that's good to know. Um, good to know moving forward. And so I'd love to know if I don't have any exposure, like too much exposure in one stock, what my best investments are from the last year. So Magnify, can you tell me what my best investments were over the last year? Okay. I've searched across your holdings for investments with high year-to-date returns. The top three performers are VUG, Vanguard's growth ETF, which is up 34%, VOOG, Vanguard's S&P 500 growth fund, which is up 21%, and VOO, Vanguard's fund that tracks the S&P 500, which is up 17%. Okay, Morgan. So you want to know if your portfolio basically is performing well. Magnify, can you compare her portfolio to the S&P 500? Okay. Using SPY as a proxy for the S&P 500 index, your portfolio underperformed the S&P 500 index by minus 9% over the last three years. Well, uh, so this is proof uh, of that truism we've talked a lot about on the show uh, in the stock market that it's really hard to outperform the overall market, which we're using the S&P 500 as a proxy for. So what we can learn from this, Morgan, is that you should probably reallocate your portfolio to invest more in the S&P 500, which is what you're investing in with the VOO fund that Magnify mentioned. It's a top performing fund in your portfolio. So let's think about which funds in your portfolio you can skip in order to invest more into VOO, for example. Magnify, can you tell me a little bit more about how much Morgan is paying in fees right now? Okay. Collectively, Morgan pays $76 90 cents in fees annually on the $110,600 she has invested. Over the course of 20 years, this could be $3,860. The biggest portion of these fees comes from VGPMX, which charges 0.43% annually and costs you $27.17 per year. Okay, so that is helpful. Is that a high fee though? Honestly, no, uh, and I am for sure the fee police, but Vanguard funds are always known for having some of the lowest fees in the game. Uh, but Magnify, what are some low-cost funds similar to VGPMX? I looked through the holdings of over 10,000 securities and was able to get funds that are great alternatives to VGPMX. One option is GNR. Okay, quick question. What is an expense ratio and these fees that you're talking about? An expense ratio, also known as the management expense ratio, measures how much of a fund's assets are used for administrative and other operating expenses. An expense ratio is determined by dividing a fund's operating expenses by the average dollar value of its assets under management. Operating expenses reduce the fund's assets, thereby reducing the return to investors. 
Okay. Got it. So Morgan, let's get back uh, into some of this analysis. Part of your investing strategy, I guess, has been to look at this all-weather portfolio. So let's zoom in and look at how your portfolio would fare in different stress scenarios uh, that the all-weather portfolio optimizes for. So Magnify, if interest rates go up, for example, how would Morgan's portfolio be affected? If interest rates go up, it may have an impact on Morgan's portfolio. Bond prices tend to fall when interest rates rise. So if you hold on to bonds, their value may decrease. Stocks may also be affected, as higher rates can also weigh on corporate profits. However, certain sectors like financials may benefit from higher interest rates. Diversification can help mitigate the impact of rising rates on your portfolio. I can run a custom analysis on your portfolio. Would you like to see the impact? Yeah. Okay. If the three-month treasury yield increases by 0.5%, your portfolio return would increase by 0.56%. This means your overall investment would see a slight improvement in returns. Wow, that's cool. I typically think that, you know, if interest rates go up, that hurts me financially. So it's it's cool to know that that actually is good for my portfolio. And maybe my portfolio has benefited over the last couple of interest rate hikes. Okay, so now, now I'm thinking about, you know, my my future and my portfolio. And so if, say, the stock market crashes, what will happen to my portfolio? If the S&P 500 drops by 100%, your portfolio return would decrease by 90.84%. It would take approximately 49 years to recover your investments. Oh my God. Well, if this whole stock market freaking goes to zero, we've got way bigger problems, honestly, Morgan, than just your portfolio and no <laughs> offense. Uh, the stock market does go up and down. That's like what the stock market does. But when it does go go down, it doesn't go to zero. And I know why Magnify is saying that, but like in reality, that doesn't happen. So you can rest easy. There are other economic factors that are more likely, like oil prices, for example, are typically affected when there are issues in the Middle East. So Magnify, let's do that scenario. If oil goes up by 30%, what would happen to Morgan's portfolio? Okay. If oil goes up by 30%, Morgan's portfolio return would increase by 3.37%. This means the overall return on your investment would go up. Wait, what? I'm invested in oil? How much oil am I invested in? The oil, gas, and consumable fuels sector exposure of your portfolio is 4.68%. Ah, hmm, I know you, <laughs> uh, Miss Sustainability. How does that make you feel? It makes you feel bad. I didn't even know that I was invested. I'm guessing that it's maybe just some of the bigger funds that I'm invested in because I didn't choose any of these stocks. So, uh, yeah, I it, it, it doesn't make me feel good. I'd like to try and fix that or counterbalance that somehow. Okay, so it sounds like you want to invest along with your values, which tracks uh, for what I know about you. Magnify, uh, what are some good renewable investments that Morgan can look at instead? Here are equity investments with exposure to renewable energy and high three-year cumulative returns. General Electric, First Solar, Acrosa Inc. Cool. I I will check these out and uh, look into maybe investing in them. Cool. So that's good to know. First of all, it's awesome mm -hmm. to see like different sectors and especially the more sensitive ones. If you really want to mm -hmm. vote with your dollar, you wanted to feel in control, Morgan, about your portfolio. How do you feel now? I feel good. And I overall, my investment portfolio has gone up year over year. And so I've just been kind of overall 
satisfied with that and feeling like I am doing well. And it's interesting and good to know that even though my portfolio has gone up, the overall market has gone up more than just my portfolio. And so it could have been doing better. And so I think it's good maybe just to not like, just to know that and to not feel like I'm settling for just up year over year and can always be optimizing and improving. And so I feel good about knowing how to do that. Yeah, we don't settle around here. (laughs) So let's recap. It seems like overall your portfolio is performing quite well, which is great, but it could be doing better by increasing your exposure to S&P 500 index funds. I mean, you could do a sweep of what you're invested in just to make sure that it aligns with your views and beliefs and values and make sure that you're voting with your investments too. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I think that all feels very doable. Doable and renewable. (laughs) So to close, we got to do a little money mantra. Will you kindly repeat after me? Yes. I will invest in myself. I will invest in myself. Do the work. Do the work. And meet my financial goals. And meet my financial goals. Woo! (laughs) Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Magnify. Money Assistant is a production of Money News Network. Money Assistant is a sponsored podcast by Magnify. Magnify is the AI designed to help you invest. Yes, you. You too can have me and Magnify as your money assistants. Subscribe to Magnify at moneyassistant.com. And not only will you get your own AI financial sidekick, but you'll also get access to a members-only live Zoom workshop with me where I'll answer your investing questions and together we'll get you on the road to financial freedom. Advisory services are offered through Magnify LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Mutual funds and exchange-traded funds, ETFs, are sold by perspective. Please consider the investment objectives, risks, changes, and expenses carefully before investing. The perspective, which contains this and other information about the investment company, can be obtained by the fund company or your financial professional. Be sure to read the perspective very carefully before you decide whether to invest. This is a sponsored podcast paid for by Magnify LLC. I'm a client of Magnify LLC, so this should be considered an endorsement or testimonial. Magnify LLC is a client of Money News Network LLC, so I do have an incentive to promote this client. The testimonials provided may not represent the experience of other clients and are not a guarantee of future performance or success. Opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of Magnify LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Magnify LLC does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Neither asset allocation nor diversification guarantee a profit or protect against a loss in a declining market. They are methods used to help manage investment risk. Investments in commodities may have greater volatility than investments in traditional securities, particularly if the instruments involve leverage. The value of commodity-linked derivative instruments may be affected by changes in overall market movements, commodity index volatility, changes in interest rates, or factors affecting a particular industry or commodity, such as drought, floods, weather, livestock, disease, embargo, tariffs, and international economic, political, and regulatory developments. Use of leveraged commodity-linked derivatives creates an opportunity for increased return, but at the same time creates the possibility for greater loss. Rebalancing and reallocating can entail transaction costs and tax consequences that should be considered when determining a rebalancing and reallocation strategy.